Conversations matter. Sitting in my favourite coffee shop turns out to be an appropriate place to begin writing this book. The conversations that float across the comfy sofas and coffee tables are as diverse as the customers. Students, school mums, musicians, and business professionals are all within earshot. Without trying to eavesdrop, I'm soon privy to several conversations which all drift onto spirituality at some point. Two retired male friends are talking about the current form of Chelsea FC and whether there really is such a thing as a spirit world. There are the two female students, one of whom is telling the other why she's frustrated with hearing impressive sermons at her church which don't seem to change the way people live. There's the faded hippie with long hair and a straggly beard. He's impressing the young lady opposite him with tales of environmental protests and music legends he's friends with. When their conversation turns to the power of prayer, he declares, It doesn't matter which religion you are, when lots of people pray, it releases an energy which is bound to have an effect. Having conversations is one of the most important things we do in life. I like listening to conversations, and as the host of a radio discussion show about faith, I'm lucky enough to make a living from listening to them every week. The best sort of conversations spark creativity, deepen relationships, and help us to see things from another person's point of view. Despite the frequent surveys telling us that UK churchgoing is in terminal decline and Christianity is withering away, the conversations I overheard in the coffee shop show that people are still open to talking about spiritual matters. To borrow a line from Mark Twain, rumours of God's death have been greatly exaggerated. Nevertheless, the increasing secularisation of the UK and Western society in general has seen a tendency for good conversations about faith, belief and spirituality to be increasingly squeezed out of the public sphere. From the start of the new millennium, a wave of popular books proclaiming that faith is a delusion and religion is bad for people and how science has replaced superstitious thinking led to the coining of the phrase the new atheism. That movement, unofficially headed by the biologist Richard Dawkins, the journalist, the late Christopher Hitchens, and public intellectuals from the USA, such as Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett, has been widely chronicled, and their influence continues to be widespread. Much of my professional career has been spent debating the ideas and objections levelled at Christian faith by these men and their sizeable audience. However, the tone of their books has been so dismissive of religion, it's no surprise that many people who read them end up being persuaded that sensible conversations with people of faith are a non-starter. As Peter Boghossian, a philosophy tutor and minor star of the New Atheist Fraternity, has tweeted, being published in the philosophy of religion should disqualify one from sitting at the adult table. The message is, being an intelligent individual and a person of faith are mutually exclusive. This mean-spirited characterisation of religious people is not universal across the spectrum, of course. Part of the joy of my job has been to meet many atheists who are lovely, open-hearted people who are delighted to engage in conversation. Nevertheless, the prominence of the new atheism has led to a dramatic dip in the overall quality of conversation in both directions. If we aren't talking to one another anymore, it means we stand little chance of understanding one another. The internet was supposed to change the world for the better. Here was a tool to open up a world of new possibilities and global harmony as it enabled the free flow of ideas on the information superhighway. But the main gateways of today's internet, such as Facebook, Google and YouTube, have worked out that they achieve their best results, i.e. advertising revenue, by feeding people what they want to hear and watch in their news feeds. Rigged algorithms perpetuate a feedback loop. The right-winger only hears from those with the same views as himself – 
The radical feminist exists in an online world largely sympathetic to her own perspective. The same goes for the average religious or anti-religious web user. It allows people to live in an echo chamber where they can be protected from people who disagree with them. The increasingly bipartisan nature of the online world tends to make the problem of having good conversations worse. Visit any Facebook group dedicated to discussing religion and you'll find things can get vitriolic very quickly. Many conversations descend into the equivalent of verbal hand grenades being lobbed over the barricades of our carefully erected worldviews. Atheists attack faith heads, while believers respond in kind by demonising their opponents. It's not helped by the fact that online interactions are devoid of the tone, emotion and body language from which we take so many clues in our face-to-face conversations. A smiley emoticon isn't quite the same as actually smiling at someone. I'll begin this book by telling you how, by hosting the unbelievable radio show and podcast for over 10 years, I've tried to reboot the concept of good conversations and the effect it's had on me and those who listen in. In the process, I've aimed to put the God discussion back into the public sphere and get so-called opponents listening to each other again. There have even been some minds changed along the way, including mine. In the following chapters, I'll be explaining what lessons I've learned about science, faith, philosophy and scripture, and why I still find Christianity the most compelling explanation of the world we inhabit. Don't expect a comprehensive treatment of every sceptical question or disputed doctrine that exists. I won't be addressing questions around sexuality, the nature of the atonement or which denomination you should belong to. Rather, I'll be seeking to defend the mere Christianity of converts like C.S. Lewis and Alistair McGrath. Is there a God? And if there is, why should I believe he has been revealed in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? If we can establish those core truths, then we can work the rest out later. If you're a Christian listening to this book, I hope it gives you the opportunity to examine your faith critically and the courage to share it with others confidently. If you're not a Christian, first, thank you for being open-minded enough to listen to this book. Second, I don't know whether you'll be persuaded by what you hear, but I hope it will at least give you a window into what I believe and why. And finally, whether you're a Christian, atheist or something else altogether, I hope it gives you the desire to go and have a conversation with someone about it too, because, as the ideas and debates in this book show, conversations really do matter.